What happens when two guys used to floating through life? Floaters, you better grab a life vest. Find their calling. Hello? Will? Yeah. Hey, it's Boogie. Hey. Things get lit. Ah! Just had a vision. It's the Real Liddy Podcast with Ryan and DP. We have a lot to talk about. Welcome in, everyone. This is the Real Liddy Podcast. And it's BB All Stars, but you know what? Poop just hit the fan. Ish got real because we have one house guest that has been evicted. We will get to everything that happened this week as well as a little bit of projection on the next week. But first, go give us a follow at Real Liddy Pod on Twitter. I am Ryan Chapman at Radius Ryan. And of course, as always, I'm joined by the other half of the association, Derek Parker, Mr. DP at DParkOK on the Twitter machine. DP, what's up, dog? Oh, well, you didn't ask me how I was doing. I was expecting that. So I was expecting to say not well if you listen into the draft <laughs> podcast. I'm not going to give too much away right now, but if you listen to that, you know I'm not doing well, but life goes on. Yes, and, and good call there, DP, because everyone go back and listen to that draft pod right now. We had a lot of fun, and we kind of gave our breakdown of how we thought all the players were going to play coming into this game with just a little bit of knowledge. But uh, this week was – it was a tough week to watch. I'm not going to lie. Not a ton happened, which um, – I don't think it's a huge shock because with All-Stars, I think everyone's wary of everyone else and, and just not trying to make too much of a stink. But it did lead to uh, a fan favorite of, of the BB community walking out that door. Right. And a lot of people I've seen have been upset with the kind of complacent way that the game is going. But in all reality, people should be excited because there are so many personalities in this house that normally – would be the ones to want to throw that first punch, to throw the haymaker right out the gate, throw out names. Those players are switching it up and playing silent, cautious games. So I think, if anything, it is a telltale sign that we're in for a good season and people are here to strategize and play the game. And, and it's not – I feel like a lot of the times when we have a week like this, it, like you said, um, it's because we have recruits who are just trying to make jury – and who aren't stepping on, or and they're just like stepping on eggshells because they don't want to get booted. This or they just literally a, don't know the game. <laughs> yes, that too, that too. This week, like you said, you can tell everyone's here to game, everyone's here to win, and they're just trying not to play too hard. Which, look, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, um, I feel like you can. I can respect that and I can live with that. But another truth of this week is, other than Big Brother over the top we have not ever seen a true week one like this. Usually by the time premiere night happens, the contestants have been in the house already for a week. And for all we know, this could be what every first week is like. Everyone's just kind of tiptoeing around. And usually by that second week, we have someone who's just gone crazy and the paranoia has put them on the block or something like that. We didn't have that. Poor Cody. He had to, when were nominations Friday, right? Yeah. yeah, so, so Cody so. had to put up two nominations on Friday. And, and by that time, as we come to find out, Kaser and Janelle were already safe from the safety suite. And uh, it, it just left Cody with not a ton of options. And unfortunately, like we kind of saw, 
Um, the nominations reeked a very old school versus new school, like we saw on Survivor winners at war. But I, I have a lot of optimism the season is not going to end up that way just because of some of the house dynamics and, and how the alliances are playing out. Right. Um, yeah, the, the alliances are, it's a Venn diagram of overlapping alliances. I'm not sure it, there's any concrete enough to say that it's new school versus old school at all yet. But yeah, it's been a bit of an odd, awkward week. But like you said, I think it's just kind of a, a new, fresh live feed kind of deal. And I, I really think it's going to heat up. And I think we're going to have a good season on our hands here. So let's just do a quick recap of the high points from the week. First off, obviously, Cody was HOH. All right, we saw that uh, premiere night. And then we saw the new safety suite competition. This is going to fill the role of the Sunday comp, and we have it for three weeks, so just two more weeks. DP, we haven't kind of talked about this. I kind of want to get your thoughts on it because I think as far as twists go, this is pretty awesome. I think that um, the fact that everyone is able to compete and they have to strategically decide when, um, I think that's really good. Like, I think week three, obviously, we'll see a ton of people would just play because you might as well play. But I'm interested to see this week, week two, if – people who might feel in danger normally things like this you don't want to play because you're like the hoh is then like do you not trust me blah 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 well you can very credibly say i think a ton of people are going to play week three my odds would be better if i play week two we're all just trying to be safe i think you could kind of do that and we could have some weird stuff happen in week two without um you know someone just getting outcast for it. and the plus one i feel like gives you some power to to the people on the lower rungs and it helps a big alliance not truck through it. Unfortunately for argument's sake, I completely agree. I think the twist is awesome, uh, mainly for me because any twist that doesn't completely screw up the game or affect it in the most obvious blatant way is a good twist for me. Um, I actually, I kind of disagree with you. I think a lot of people are going to play in week two simply because I think people that have affirmed their their spot in the house are going to use it as more of a, a dislink from Memphis. Um, I think the, I don't know what the, the major alliance is called. I don't know if it is the commission or if that was just uh, Cody and Memphis, but I think uh, the other members of that alliance could really use this week as a, a way to get other house guests to think that them and Memphis are not as close to each other as they think, but yeah, I think it's a good comp. Um, like you said, it's, it's not doing too much, but it does give chance for safety. I think it worked out perfectly last week. It's exactly what they wanted. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. And of course we saw Kaser and Janelle played last week in a comp that I loved because I didn't know I needed an EDM rip of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star until we've seen this big EDM guy over here. That made me very happy. <laughs> and I just wanted to clear some stuff up. I saw some of this on Reddit and some of this on Twitter. Some people said, Kaser and Janelle played this totally wrong. Only one of them should have played, especially knowing that they were the only ones playing. And then, you know, if Kaser did it last week, then Janelle could play this week. The house guests were informed that you can play, but you can time out of the competition. And what was the, I think it was 30 minutes is what they were told. Mm -hmm. So Kaser and Janelle made the decision they both needed to play because one of them could have timed out and then they probably would have ended up on the block this past week. So I know there was some confusion as to why both of them played, but I think that was ultimately the right call. It gave um, Kaser obviously a comp win under his belt and it gave Janelle the lovely BB All-Stars uh, mascot punishment. 
But unfortunately, it ended up with Keisha and Kevin being put on the block just because, more than anything, um, I think that they were just ones that hadn't really made connections with Cody at all. Yeah, a lot of people were upset by these nominations, but it at the end of the day, it boils down to what was Cody's best game move. And personally, I think this was it. Um, he leaves this week with virtually no blood on his hands. Keisha just, God bless her, she just didn't play very hard. Kevin is struggling. He is not looking like the Kevin of old. He is having a lot of self-esteem issues. Again, God bless him. But yeah, these nominations were pretty cut and clear for me. Well, and I think, unfortunately, we came to see this. Because the nominations were on Friday, if you are on the block week one, no one is going to approach you and say, yes, let's make a big alliance. Let's bring you in. Because you're on the block. And, And of all the weeks, week one's the one where you have the least amount of information, I don't know if you're going to go and blow me up and immediately make me an enormous target and, right. uh, and all that stuff. So poor Keisha and Kevin, they haven't really got to play big brother yet. And I think that we saw one flaw of Keisha's BB 10 game is that she didn't play a whole lot of big, she didn't play the whole spectrum of big brother. Cause she wasn't on the block. If I believe until final four, and you could just kind of tell she had no idea how to campaign, no idea what to do. She was offering, like, I'll cook you food. And I'm just like, that's not going to sway All-Stars. I don't think it helps her that for whatever reason, um, I don't agree with this, but she wasn't one of the most memorable names on this cast. So it's not like a situation where she really – because she won competitions. She played a pretty decent strategic game. But she's not in a position like, whereas if Janelle's on the block and asks to to come off, that she has a little bit of weight there. If Janelle's on the block, comes to Cody with the deal, Cody might might want that deal because Janelle has power. She can win competitions. She's great at the game. Cody didn't really know Keisha, so it's kind of just uh, it's just bad luck for her, honestly. Uh, yeah, we saw that Cody didn't watch Big Brother Ten because right. he was like, I-, I heard Dan doesn't come in till like the back half anyway. So like, why would I want to watch that? And I'm just like, Cody. How's he going to sit there and say Derek is one of the best players ever repeatedly without having even seen Dan's season? Eh, well, I feel like there's a ton of Twitter and and, uh, Reddit and Facebook arguments that uh, a lot of people make without full knowledge, but that's neither (laughs) here. That's neither here nor there. Um, But yeah, so we, we end up with Keisha and Kevin on the block and I felt kind of bad for Kevin just because it was very clear that Keisha was the target. But due to Kevin just not being brought into any alliances, like I, I don't blame Kevin for being uh, just an emotional wreck, not knowing what's going on. And we saw this uh, Wednesday night, last night, I guess. Hey, all, we're recording this Thursday, even though it's coming out Friday. But Wednesday night, we saw him be the emotional wreck and him get so close to winning the veto, ultimately timing out for uh, our good friend Nick Crane's boy, Meow Meow, to come through. Enzo wins the veto and does not use it on Kevin, despite the fact that Kevin selected him with the house guest choice chip. Right. Um, yeah, it was a, a killer veto. And honestly, that competition is kind of a microcosm of Kevin's game so far. He's just in his head. He is struggling with these self-esteem issues. Is he good enough to be in this house? Kevin, when you listen to this pot, when we blow up and you listen to this podcast after you get out of the house, 
You are an all-star, my guy. You got third place. You made the biggest move of your season. You were one half of an HOH win away from winning your season. He's an all-star. He needs to get out of his head, man, because I know if he got out of his head, he could pick it up and he could play a very, very good game. Do you think he's struggling because there's not two clear sides of that house? Yes. He even admitted that himself, that he wanted to split the house because in his season, that was how he operated. And I think he needs to adapt. I think he can adapt. He's a nice enough guy. He's a smart enough guy. He, if it's not going to go right down the middle, which it's looking so far like it's not, um, I just don't think there's been an alliance yet that is vibing um, that's going to make an even split. I, I think Kevin needs to adapt and just play a different game and see where it takes him. And, and really the only apparent split in the house has been Janelle, Kaser, and Keisha from just everybody else because Memphis very early on was very clear. He was more interested in working with Cody, um, which I think that's just really interesting that um, – Dan and Memphis ran the house together. Cody and Derek ran the house together. And without Derek or Dan, it appears that they're like, okay, well, why don't we try to recreate this magical thing that worked so well for us the first time, except this time I want to be the Derek or I want to be the Dan. So it's been interesting to see these two guys try to kind of emulate their partners. But that's the thing. They're trying to emulate their partners, but neither one of those would have won the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh HOH ever. It wouldn't have happened. So it's interesting that they're going for these wins. I mean, it's hard not to if, if they're giving them to you like this, but I'm not sure it's going to work out for them. They're not Dan and they're not Derek. But yeah, and so it's just kind of made this awkward. We have a lot of awful house reads going on, and I think it's because of this. I think it's because... Um, everyone but Nicole Anthony can see that Janelle, Kaser, and Keisha were on one side. Cody was obviously on the other one, sort of. And everything else in between was kind of meh. So um, the house did get on the same page to evict Keisha 13 to nothing. And uh, uh, we saw Memphis become the HOH here this evening. So really, I kind of just want to enter the, I guess, semi-spoiler but not really spoilers because we don't know much. So let's just try and divide up the house and kind of place where everyone is. There have been two really, really uh, uh, two people that have struggled to read the house, I feel like. And that's been Nicole Anthony and Devon. Mm-hmm. Devon was, she was preaching to Janelle and Kaser that like, they were good. They were good. They were good. When in reality, if they hadn't won the safety suite comp, they would have been up on the block by all from what it seems. And Nicole Anthony somehow thinks that Janelle and Kaser are working with Cody and it's painfully obvious. And I'm just like, what is, what is going on? The reads have not been great. Um, for whatever reason, I, I thought her reads were great in 21. Maybe she just didn't have as much of a spotlight early in the game. So we don't know what her early reads were, but late in the game, they were flawless. Uh, she really picked it up. Nicole, I would say, is in one of the worst positions in the house right now. I think she better find some sort of allegiance instead of trying to read what people around her are doing. It's really going to get her in trouble pretty soon. She is not in a good spot. Well, and I I feel bad because, like, 
Janelle at some point this week went up to Nicole, kind of played big sister for her, like for all day. And Janelle felt really good about this. And this is the move that Nicole should be gunning for. I feel like one way to collect people and have two sides of the house would be to have Janelle, Kaser, Nicole, Anthony, Kevin, pick up David maybe Mm -hmm. and see if maybe you could leverage Bailey and Devon or bring a Tyler in, try to tell him, look, I know you're just trying to lay low, but, but you're going to be low man on the totem pole over on that side, something like that. And I feel like that if you could string that together and, and that could still happen this week, we could have hope that we have two sides of the house warring at each other back and forth all through all stars. But if ever, if like, Nicole Anthony and David or Nicole Anthony and Ian are kind of put up on the block this week, which is kind of who Memphis has talked about. It could get ugly fast. Cause I could absolutely see a world where Janelle and Kate are like, look, let's just try and lay low. Memphis does not interested in taking us out. Um, we don't have the safety suite anymore. Why don't we just pack it in and try and win at HOH next week and see if we can't continue to work from the bottom as they have their entire lives in Big Brother. Right. Um, Memphis has the opportunity this week to have either an absolutely phenomenal week for his game or a clearly divisive move um, in the form of putting up Jacer. But yeah, Nicole, I think, is an easy scapegoat to be on the block. She. I would say in terms of competitions, I know she she kind of turned up at the end of her season, but I would say in terms of competition, she's one of the weaker players in the game, if not the weakest player in the game right now. I mean, shoot, maybe David. <laughs> David has struggled. Oh, my. David, he is – I don't understand what David's doing because, like, on on one hand, I get that he's like, I was the first boot, so I'm trying to just play it up that I'm dumb, all this stuff. But at some point, how the veto worked on an all-star season, Ryan. Like at some point, what is David's end game? If he gets to the end of the game, there is no way these all-stars are going to see him as equal to whoever he sits next to. Like they're going to think that he was just the useful idiot that was dragged to the end. And I'm like, at some point, you have to prove that you are pulling the strings. Like that's that's kind of how it works. Like at the end, if you could play a flawless game, but if you can't clearly articulate, I did this, this, and this. I orchestrated this, this, and this. I was in a bad spot here, and I won this, this, and this. Like, without all that, David's just going to be like, well, I, uh, I totally knew how to play this game. I fooled all you guys. <laughs> and I won a few HOHs and veto. And I'm, everyone's going to be like, uh, nah. Like, I, I don't get what he's doing. Right. Just like you said, if he is in that final, one of the final two chairs there at the end, and he says, joke's on you, I did know how the veto worked, they're going to say BS, and then they're going to vote for the person across from him. Um, By that point, you should know how the game works. So who's to say he was even lying or not? So yeah, David, it's all-stars, dude. It's all-stars too. The dumb act can work for maybe one more week, and then you need to do something, my man. Prove that you are an all-star, that you should have went farther on 21. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll get off the David rant because we've, we've, we, we've spent too much time on him. He doesn't take a lot of David crapping time. He hasn't earned that much mic time yet. Right. But something I did want to touch on. Um, I feel like 
there was a lot of concern as far as pre-gaming went. I know there's some people mm-hmm. out there that don't enjoy pre-gaming and in an all returning season, inevitably you're going to have some people that have talked beforehand. It really feels like to me that the pre-gaming was a good starting point and that may very well be a part of why Keisha and Kevin ended up on the block because they are not as well known players to the newer generation and maybe they didn't get pregame. They were also the the late scratches for supposedly Josh and Casey. So they wouldn't have even had really an opportunity to pregame. Right. And and it seems like Memphis was kind of in that as well. But you have to imagine that if Memphis, uh, the minute Memphis found out, him and Dan seemed to still be pretty close. So he might have gotten some – some assistance there but other than that i feel like because we kind of saw it looked like initially tyler and cody were kind of like oh let's run this together and you wondered okay was there something there maybe cody and nicole f even though they played on the same season together um so maybe some innocence there but i don't think cody and danny did any pre-gaming and it feels like in the house right now like cody and enzo cody and danny cody and memphis those seem to be some of the tighter connections and it's almost just like wow uh actually maintaining relationships and getting together and doing all this stuff like that's what wins the day same thing with Davon and bailey like i have no doubt that like they have the connection of being on the challenge but it doesn't feel like it was a oh we're absolutely gonna work together it just feels like they got in there and we're just like we love each other this is awesome we're in here versus the world. Let's just work together. And and I think that it's been kind of cool to see that though there are existing pregame relationships, actual big brother is kind of taking precedent. I hope it does. Cause I think the pregaming has been pretty blatant. Um, I mean, Memphis was already talking game before he had even talked about anything. He was coming up to people and talking game before he had even introduced himself. So I think he was the, the main blatant pregamer. I think Cody, was as well maybe not to the extent of some other people but there's just no way Derek didn't try to interfere a little bit there with his boy uh same with Nicole F Derek tends to interfere in seasons right um but yeah it's been a little disappointing I would like to have seen people I think it shows that Tyler didn't because he's been well slightly lost I think um, that Tyler did pregame, and unfortunately, right. his pregame right. alliances were the late scratch. Right, right. No, yeah, that's right. Um, but it looked like well, it looked like there's a four of Tyler, Casey, Josh, Christmas, and now Christmas and Tyler were like the two well, that knew each other the least, and they're like, so this is awkward. Uh, final two question mark till the end, which uh, Tyler has all the final twos, which has just been funny because he's just like. Look, he said in his DR, it's Big Brother. If someone comes up to you and offers you an alliance, you're not going to say no to their face. (laughs) All right. So with a Memphis HOH week, Ryan Chapman, my association partner, who would you say is in the best spot? Give me two who are in the best spot, two who are in the worst spot. All right. So I think the best spot is probably Cody. And then I, I truly think that Enzo has been playing a really good game right now. Um, Enzo, we always know that he's going to be so good socially just because of what kind of personality he is. He's the kind of guy that's fun to be around. 
and people aren't going to hate him. You know what I mean? But he also doesn't have that intensity that like Kaser has because Kaser's a nice guy. He's relatable, but Kaser just has this intense, anytime he's talking game, you're just like, oh my God, this guy's gaming so hard. Enzo just has that easy flow and way about him. So I think Enzo and Cody are good. The people that I'm worried about would be Nicole Anthony and Ian. And, and the sole reason being that they're people that Memphis has brought up. I'd feel a little bit better about Ian's game if it were anyone but Memphis, just because Nicole Franzel's kind of trying to watch out for him. I think Nicole Anthony, just in general, she's in a bad spot. People see her as a potential floater. And I think with Janelle and Kaser, though they weren't in the initial majority, Janelle and Kaser are very old school in the way that they're just going to say, look, we're over here. And we are very clearly aligned. They tried to play it down, but after the safety suite comp, there was no reason to. So I think it's in Big Brother, it's like the enemy you know versus the enemy you don't know. Like, you know Janelle and Case are there. You're going to say we're fine as long as those two aren't HOH. Nicole Anthony, no one knows where her head's at. And I think that at this point, in an all-star season especially, you just want to dump that out of the house. Right. Totally agree with all of that. Did you give two for both? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I All had right. just recap Enzo and Cody for good spot, other than Memphis, of course. And okay. then Nicole Anthony and Ian for bad spot. Ian. Okay. I see. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Cody. Uh, I think I'm not sure if Memphis is his number one, but I think Cody is 100% Memphis's number one. And then the other one I'm going to go is Danny. I think they have an oddly tight relationship, again, maybe due to pre gaming, but. They've just never seemed to distrust each other at all in any conversation. As far as being in a bad spot, I think if the rest of that strong alliance can get to him, it would be Jacer. But for now, I think I'm going to have to go Kevin and Nicole Anthony. I think those two are just going to be easy scapegoats with Ian as a backdoor option because, uh, like you said, Memphis has talked about Ian as a target. But basically, just to summarize what you said, these are, these are basically the same. Nicole Anthony and Kevin, they're, just, they're easy targets. Um, they're not going to be two people that, even if they had a vendetta, are going to be able to do much with it at the moment. They don't have allegiances. They're not incredibly strong players. It's going to be a fairly boring week, I feel like. Um, but that's just how it's going to go. I think we were all disappointed by the HOH competition one because of how incredibly cheesy it was. It was hard to watch, man. It was super, it was super painful and it was almost embarrassing. Like I was watching it with one of my friends who's not a big brother guy. And he was just like, why do you, I was just like, this is not what it's normally like that zoom call. Yikes. I almost had a friend over to watch it for the first time. And I'm glad I didn't because he would never have watched it again. Yeah. Awful. it was awful, but but yeah, Memphis winning definitely made it feel like it was a um, going to be a boring week. Although I do kind of want to ask you, I feel like we are setting up to see Kevin enter Johnny Mac territory almost. So due to the fact that, like we said, being a first week nom where the first week is truly the first week, Kevin had no time to play the game. He's immediately a pry in the house. I feel like Kevin is going to be the easy cop-out of if I have two targets, I'm going to put one of them up there and put Kevin next to them. 
And then after the veto and safety sweet comp, we can see how it all shakes out and we can try always try and backdoor someone. But I think Kevin is about to be set up for a long haul. And we've already seen that he, unlike Johnny Mac, not able to just roll with the punches. It'll be interesting to see if he can get better at playing from on the block. But like, that was the good thing about Johnny Mac is he obviously didn't want to be there, but he had that presence that people were just like, okay, he's just rolling with it. Good soldier. Eventually it's going to get him out. But Kevin, I, I'm worried about Kevin because I could see him in that constant pawn roll and just hating it. Yeah, I totally agree. And the thing about that move is that the later you put Kevin up, the more targets he's going to have. So it's going to be even better. So for Memphis this week, Kevin's number one target could still be Cody. And it, it's not, there's nothing towards Memphis there at all. And then he can get Nicole Anthony out and it's just going to snowball. I agree. I would love to see Kevin just go and win safety suite and have a week of sanity, maybe form some more relationships before he gets put back up, but it's going to be tough sledding for Kevy boy. Yeah. And two other people I want to talk about real quick, circling back to Danny. I too think she's in a great spot and we have seen, she seems to be in lockstep separately with Memphis, Cody and Franzel, even though she's kind of been like, Nicole, I need you to chill, but (laughs) I just think that Danny's doing some really good work here. She has this ability to um, project just good vibes to whoever she's talking to. And I've been really impressed with how she's playing so far. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I think she needs to figure out a way to get these alliances on the same page. Cause if, if they continue to be so scattered, I think she's opening herself up to, two people coming together and being like, wait, I thought I was tight with her. You're tight with her. Maybe she's playing both sides of the house and can end up in that kind of situation if things splinter off. But I think for right now, Danny's like in an incredible spot. She's in a great spot right now, but that's not to say in two weeks she won't be. Um, This is All-Stars. Being a floater in this house, and not even necessarily a a floater, more of a flip-flopper, because she is in set alliances, it is going to be a tough thing to do if they think that All-Stars are not going to bring up receipts in this house, they have got another thing coming. Danny gives away almost no information and constantly runs around asking people what they're doing and trying to extract information. That is not going to get you close relationships with anybody but your alliance. So if that alliance crumbles, she could be in a bad spot. We'll see. Right now, she's, she's sitting pretty. Yeah, and then one other person that I know I kind of want to highlight with you, um, Dave Vaughn. So I felt like at the beginning of the week, her and Bailey, we saw that they were really tight and Davon and Bailey have been separately approached by a few different people to like join a larger alliance, which makes you feel like, okay, they're probably going to sit it out, wait until an HOH is named and then just roll with the alliance that gives them the most numbers. But Davon might have done a little bit worse job than Bailey of overextending herself, right? Correct. Davon hasn't been as honest with some of the people that you thought she would be. She's lied to Bailey a couple times, which is extremely surprising. Um, She is having these weird mix-ups with Janelle, who thought that she was pretty in pretty good with Davon. I'm just not sure that she's playing as good as she could be. Not that she's playing a bad game. It's just kind of, it's not as good. Yeah. Just kind of, eh. it's, it's not as good as you'd think she could be in her position. Bailey, on the other hand, uh, is doing great. She's not letting a lot of information out. She hasn't really been in any mix-ups, been in any little petty snippets here and there. So Bailey, 
Bay is doing fine. Day needs to get just a little bit back on track. Yeah, it's just been interesting. I've uh, we know Devon obviously for being entertaining and a huge personality, which unfortunately in a game like Big Brother that can be a negative. And it looked like initially it was going fine, going good. But but like you said, it, it's kind of led to a little bit of uncertainty, things like that. But just more than anything, Davon's reads have been very bad. I know we talked about it already, but usually she's able to – she has great information, and she's just been unable to, like, make do with it in the past. This go-around, I'm like, she's just not operating from a spot of clarity. And the problem with people like that is that Davon has seen two seasons where she's on, and Davon has basically been told by everyone – you were spot on. You just couldn't get the house to go your way. So I'm worried that Davon's just going to have too much confidence in her reads, basically being like, I've done this twice before. I was spot on twice. And she's going to think that she's on it a third time. And she's just not because she had no idea who Cody was working with. Really. She didn't know the targets initially. She was just, I think she was pretty taken aback by them. And, and I'm just really worried for her. Um, not I don't want to say mentally because like I'm not worried for her, like freaking out or anything just I, I'm worried about her overthinking things and and operating too much from uh, she's overconfident in, in what she believes the reality of the house is and, and it just being something totally different Nicole Anthony actually has had that exact same problem I think uh, we talked about it earlier but yeah like you said it's been a complete reversal normally she does not have the means to act upon her reads but her reads are accurate this year, she might actually have the means to act upon reads. You know, she's playing the middle pretty well so far, um, but her reads have just been off. They have not been right. But like we talked about earlier, we have not seen a week one of feeds. Maybe it just takes her a little bit to get warmed up. You never know. Um, I think with her last two seasons, I think eventually she'll come around. I don't think there's any way she'll just stay wrong. I think enough will happen that, it'll either be clear cut and she'll know or she'll just figure out through as many people as she talks to in the house. So we'll see. Uh, she definitely needs to pick it up. They haven't been good, but I believe in, in old day. Is, is there a sleeper right now? Someone that we're just not talking about that you could see becoming a force later in the game. Enzo, a hundred percent Enzo. Enzo is well-liked, which means he'll never be just the guy that gets put up for no reason, such as Kevin. Um, he, is in with every major alliance, uh, save for the one that he is friends with every single person in it. He has already won one competition, which I believe ties his entire third place finish for wins. Correct. He is in obviously in better shape. Enzo is going to fly under this radar, and if he wins, he would 100% go down as the best social player ever, I think. I don't think it would be close, because we have the greats uh, like Dan, Derek, Tyler, uh, Paul, Vanessa, whoever you want to say. But I wouldn't argue that those people are great social players. I would argue, they're, argue that they're strategic players. Enzo banks on the social game. He thrives in it. Everybody loves him. He has people cracking up all the time. He is absolutely finessing them. Yeah, I, I think that that's spot on. The other person I would kind of mention, um, and, I, and I think we've only mentioned her once in this whole pod, I kind of like where Christmas is at right now. I think that she's kind of walking the line of people know about her, 
But because the first time she played, she had the broken foot, I think people don't respect her in the way that they potentially should. We feel like she can be a physical threat if she needs to be and is healthy. And so I feel like right now she's just kind of flying under the radar. She's made some solid connections, I feel like. Obviously has that little bit with Tyler, which we haven't really seen a DR to know if this is something Tyler's ride or die with, or if it's just one of those instances that, like Tyler said, someone says, let's make a deal, let's make a deal. But I kind of like where Christmas is at, just as far as flying under the radar of people. I agree. She's in a great spot, but Christmas is not going to win this game flying under the radar. Christmas is going to win this game winning competitions, basically. Uh, That's just not going to be someone at the end of the game that they're going to respect socially. Uh, because of her personality they're not going to respect her strategically unless she does make strategic moves which i'm not sure we've seen uh with well, Amanda paul I, obviously behind all that yeah i don't know if people are going to give her credit for that because her her image in the house right now is kind of like people are like you got to be careful about her not because she's dangerous but because she could blow up and take your game right. out with you but i feel like right now as far as just a sleeper goes i totally agree that she's not going to win the game and sneak up on anyone she's gonna have to basically um about final eight she's gonna have to reel off a bunch of wins but i just feel like right now she's someone that i would not be shocked seeing her sitting there on finale night in a final two and mm-hmm. she's just someone that you know we mentioned once in this podcast you know what i mean right and i i agree with you in saying that i think she has firmly set herself up for that final eight run i think uh she is she has got the means right now to get there and go on a competition run like we said that could win her the game. Uh so yeah, but be careful what you what you say right now because as we speak, not seeing a lot of great stuff about Christmas on the old Reddit feeds. So Oh no. I, I have no idea specifically, but I don't know. Well, that sounds like our QDP. We may have to wrap things up here as we expect a boring week. But, of course, we'll be back on Tuesday. On Tuesday, we have no draft, but we will be updating the standings in the draft. That's something that we're going to keep running all season long, of course. Uh, never too late to go back listen to that podcast. And, and of course, we're going to kind of take a minute to, to see what the noms look like how everyone's laying in the house and see, because we truly feel like this week, and DP, tell me if I'm wrong, but this week will solidify a lot of alliances, I feel like. You're wrong. No, I'm just joking. Dang it. (laughs) Dang it. No, yeah. Like you said, this week, uh, it's going to set some stuff in stone for sure. So stay tuned for all of that. But hopefully... Uh, hopefully something weird happens. Maybe this Christmas thing, if we, I don't know what you're alluding to. I'll have to go look, but, but maybe we could be in for a surprise and uh, that would make me very happy because it, it's been pretty straightforward all-stars so far. It has, it's been straightforward. It's been on the low down, but like we said, we really think it's going to pick up. Uh, I think we're in for a great season. I'm excited. Deuce, deuce. I- Absolutely. We are fired up here for BB All-Stars 2 and BB 22. All right, DP. I think that's all the damage we can do. But remember, as always, at DParkOK. Give him a follow there. I'm at Raiders Ryan and at Pod. That is where we have all of our lovely polls, all of DP's incredible graphics. And of course, anytime Ian does something great, that'll be the first place you need to go. Hashtag Let's Ride with Ian. For GP, I'm Ryan Chapman, though. We will see you guys on the other side. See you.